Welcome, listener, to the 13th Floor Podcast. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And we're back again with another episode this week. That was, uh, what theme was that? That was... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. No. That was not Inspector Gadget. No. I don't know what that is. I can't remember. Listener. I, oh, that's the Pink Panther. Pink Panther. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there you go, you guys. We don't need your help, listener. Never mind. Yeah, we, we figured it out. Um, How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. James, how are you? I'm I'm okay. I, I got a new pet today. You got what? a new pet? Yeah. What I, did uh, you get? I was, I was sending emails and a, a little jumping spider showed up on my computer. Oh, wow. So now he's my pet. Yeah, yeah, you guys got excited. You guys thought it was a puppy or something. Yeah, yeah, we did. yeah we're both disappointed. Technically, technically, I just captured an intruder, and now I'm forcing them to be my pet. <laughs> holding him hostage. Yeah. Did you name him yet? No. Maybe we can ask our patrons. There we go. What they want to name the jumping spider. There we go. So, you guys, patrons, we're, we're going to have a poll on our Patreon this week after this episode where you can name... James's new jumping spider. So, anyways, um, that's exciting news, James. Um, I know you also sent us a picture of Chartreuse, and we were very worried because mm. of her loss of limbs. But you said she's eating again. Yep, that's perfect. Okay. Praise the Lord, Chartreuse mm-hmm. is into eating. What's she eating? A wax worm. A wax worm. Mm, take Delectable. that wax worm. Delectable. <laughs> I'm going to be so far down on the food chain, you just get fed to things. Oh, that's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they devastate beehives, so they're they're quite a. Oh, pest. take that waxworm! Yeah. You got it coming. <laughs> Anyways, let's discuss what we're here to talk about today, you guys. Which is superheroes. Yes, yes Marvel superheroes specifically, and so Alex, James, and I. We all went our separate ways, and we researched a specific Marvel superhero. We'll talk about them in a second. But mm. I have a couple of announcements before we hop into our topic, okay? Okay. Cool your jets, dude. Anything interesting? Oh, there's always something interesting. Should we tell our listeners to skip ahead? This is a waste of time. No, don't skip ahead. This is going to be great. <laughs> I do. I do just want to give a little heads up on what our Patreon episode is going to be oh. this week. It comes out tomorrow because... If you're not already a part of our Patreon, all of our bonus episodes come out on Friday. And also, the episode this week is our After Dark episode, and it's not quite as dark. I think, James, you gave it a TV 10 to 14. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not quite as spooky as normal, but we're talking about the men in black this week. Mm -hmm. So Here come the men in black. Yep. Copyright strike. There you go. (laughs) Also, I just want to say that we have an elite vase. It's a new vase. It's beautiful. I'll post a picture of it on the 13th floor. Uh, Instagram tomorrow, probably. But I just want to let everyone know that we have some entries in the elite vase, and these were submitted to us by patrons. And the use of the elite vase might change over time. But as of right now, um, since we've got just a couple of entries, what we're going to use it for is we're going to pick one episode a month from the elite vase. So there, there's less competition in there. If you want to submit some topics and you want us to get to them sooner, you can do so with the elite base. But 
that might change in the future. But as of right now, that's how it's going to operate. And then also, like, you guys, what tier do you want to be in? That's all I really want to ask you. <laughs> do you want to be in the ghosty tier, the Ogopogo tier, or the Chupi tier? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're all three great places to be. They are. So anyways, you can find more information on our Patreon on our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com. Also, merch is coming soon. <laughs> Don't freak out. It's coming soon, I promise. Lastly, before we get to our icebreaker, which I'm going to have the icebreaker today, but before we get to our icebreaker, I want to give my shout out to our countries. Okay. Around the globe, let's take a trip, let's hop on a plane, and let's go to Nigeria. You guys, we have listeners in Nigeria now, so if you are listening from Nigeria, we want to thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we got uh, Romania, which we've had listeners in Romania before, but it kind of dropped off the map for a while. It's back now, so mm. hi ho to everyone in Romania. And then here in the United States, Alex, I already picked one. You already picked one. I already picked one. I touched the map, and I touched Georgia. So we're going to say hello to everybody in our neck of the woods this mm. month. Hello, or I guess everybody. this week, rather. Hi to everybody in Georgia. So those are my announcements. Do you guys have anything you want to add before we hop into the icebreaker? No. I'm just surprised you have one prepared already, so I'm excited. I know. Mm. I've got one. Um, since we're talking about superheroes, I'm going to ask if you could have dinner with any superhero, who would you choose and why? Superhero. Superhero. No villain. Okay. You could, well, super, anyone with superpowers. So you could have, you could have dinner with a villain if you want. Well, not necessarily powers because Batman doesn't have powers and you might want to sit down with Batman. Uh, Okay. Or Tony Stark. I'm just saying, I'm poking holes in this already. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So, I would probably... Hmm. Very interesting. You're lost for words. There are just so many. There are so many. And I'm like, what kind of experience do I want? Like, do I want to have dinner with Bruce Banner and see what it takes to turn him into the Hulk at a dinner party? That's evil. <laughs> to do. Or maybe me and him can get to the root of all of his problems together and solve his Hulk problem. Mm. Or I could have dinner with the Hulk. Maybe he's really into PB&J. <laughs> and I could, <laughs> I could serve it up to him. But then you've got like another hero like, Batman, where you can learn a lot of stuff from him. Like, hey, you want to be my teacher? Like, you want to show me how to do some Taekwondo? For some reason, I thought you were going to picture him, like, teaching you how to build a business. Not necessarily, like, hey. This <laughs> I, 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 I want I dinner with Bruce Wayne. Or I want dinner with Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Okay, all right. Oh, Fine. Fair gosh. point. Ooh. James, what about you? Oh, man. See, I was, I was going to say uh, Batman. But uh, barring that, <laughs> She-Hulk. <laughs> She oh, because we don't oh, know we don't know where this dinner's going. It might end in uh, death by snoo snoo. Oh my god, James! <laughs> I like that Futurama reference. Mm. Very good. Um, <laughs> he's got a good point. Do you want a date? It could mm. be a date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Cece <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> just looked at me completely shocked. Well, who would you go on a date well, with? No, no, I was thinking like Superman, like someone who could fly me up into mm-hmm. the stars. Oh, Alex wants to go on a date with Superman. Um, I would want to get dinner with Tony Stark. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, because he's Wait, awesome. He might also let you take a ride in his armor. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of like the whole point. Like, can I 
kind of try on the suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, I could like hang on his back like a backpack and he could swing through the city with me on the back. But. He, well, he, you know what? He wouldn't even have to. You wouldn't have to hold on to him. He would just hold you like cradle you like a baby. Well, you know, he's got to have an arm out to swing, though. <laughs> yeah, you can. Which hold is why Superman with... might be good because he could just cradle me. Goodness. So, <laughs> so you guys, that's our that's our icebreaker. Alex wants to be cradled. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't want to talk about what James wants. Mm. Well, he could also get legal advice. There's a there's a lot. There's an intellectual conversation to be had with She Hulk. Yeah. See, I don't so, know anything about She Hulk. She Hulk. So. Just picture. Uh, a woman Hulk that's not like all gigantic, like muscular, muscular wise. She's still <laughs> muscular, but she's a lawyer and she never turns back to normal. She's just green the whole time. Yep. Oh, okay. Thank you for explaining the She-Hulk to me. Yeah. Now there's I a, know. Hey, th- there's going to be an, a She-Hulk series on Disney Plus. Uh, this show is brought to you by Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, man. No. Okay, you guys, I think that's enough. That's enough. Let's talk about our topics, okay? Mm. And I know that James is biting at the bit to tell us about... Biting at the bit. Is that, what's, is that the phrase? What's the phrase? Champing, champing at, at the, the bit. bit. He's champing at the bit. Champing? That's why I always hear it, but it could just be the accent. You know, are you champing uh, at the bit? I thought it was chomping on the bit. He's champing at the bit. Okay, that's fine. Uh, to tell us about Daredevil. And and the whole the whole premise of this episode today is... Is it possible for Marvel superheroes to be real? Yeah. So James is taking on Daredevil. Yeah. So Daredevil is blind. That's, you know, not a power, but that's sort of what he's associated with. And a lot of his abilities stem from the fact that due to his blindness, his other senses became enhanced. And he's just... You know, he spent a lot of time working out and training in uh, various fighting styles, and that's really it. So it's it's pretty practical. Like, if you look at two of the most well-known blind people in uh, pop culture and fiction, it would be the, the Daredevil in the West and Zatoichi in the East, and they're very flipping similar. Very mm-hmm. similar, because they're basically these two dudes who can't see but they could do everything else with such skillful proficiency that it more than overcomes any of the things that they're lacking. Um, I would in fact compare Zatoichi and I'm not trying to shoehorn him into the story. I just think it's worth, you know, drawing a little bit of a comparison here. Um, He's kind of like if James Bond was a Japanese vagabond with a sword, that's kind of like how Zatoichi is because, you know, if you look at James Bond, the reason why people admire him is because in every scenario, doesn't matter what, he knows what he's doing. That's that's why people mm-hmm. like him. He, in every mm-hmm. scenario, if somebody challenges him to poker or chess or archery or gun sh- gunplay or anything, he's going to come out on top no matter what because he's James Bond. Well, that's kind of how Zatoichi is. Well, Daredevil is sort of a more bare-bones version of that where he's just really, really strong but not super strong. And really, really agile, but not super agile, just normal, agile. But his real ability stems from his heightened other senses, particularly his capacity to sense things using hearing. That's the biggest thing. And there's actually a word for that. It's called human echolocation. And, And it makes perfect sense if you, everyone at home listening to this, the fact that you are listening to this, if you aren't using headphones, you can tell the direction with which my voice is coming, which 
unless you're in some kind of weird place that I can't fathom, it's the speakers. So <laughs> you can detect not just, uh, not only can you analyze and interpret sounds, but you can actually determine their location with relative accuracy. Well, human echolocation is the ability of a person to make sounds and determine the location of other objects based on those sounds. So instead of determining where the sound came from, you're determining where the sound bounced off of. And as such, you get a pretty good idea as to your environment without using your eyes. And uh, this is not just something in fiction. This is something that we have actual record of. There are human beings who do this. In fact, their brains are different. I think in, in one of our episodes, I mentioned that New York cab drivers, the portion of the, the mind that involves uh, spatial awareness and memory is actually denser and larger than people who, who d don't experience that every day and have to learn physical locations every day. Well, the, uh, the frontal lobe and the auditory area on the sides of the brain in humans is not that pronounced unless they are blind and make use of this echolocation, in which case those areas become bigger and denser. So there's actually an anatomical difference between somebody who has lost their sight and is using echolocation to get an understanding of their world. So this is not fiction. Uh, this is 100% plausible. And here are some examples. Most notable, easily most notable, would be Ben Underwood. Um, sad story, though. Um, he had retinal cancer when he was a toddler, and his eyes were taken out a year later. Um, so he was blind from a very young age. So when he was around five, he actually started clicking his tongue and using the noises that came off from, you know, the sound waves would bounce off the, the sound of him clicking his tongue to understand the world around him. And it actually, he got so adept at it that he was able to do a lot of things that we don't associate with, with full-blown blindness, especially not having eyes at all. Um, basketball, football, skateboarding, etc. Like, really good. There, there are images of him balancing on fire hydrants and things like that. Um, things that really you would normally rely on your vision to even know where it was in space, but here he is using echolocation to do the same thing. Tragically, he only showcased this remarkable ability for 11 years because it, at the age of 16, that same cancer came back and ultimately took his life. Um, but there are other examples as well. Thomas Tejo is, uh, lives in uh, the Himalayas. And when he was around, in, there's a commonality here. Losing eyesight at a very young age obviously means that, you know, the mind is a lot more plastic when you're young. So that's a commonality here. And we even see that with the daredevil, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As a kid. Yep. So uh, Tejo or Tejo, uh, when he was about seven or eight, he, uh, we don't actually have hard record because Himalayas, um, he actually had optic nerve atrophy. His eyes lost their capacity to see. He actually now lives in Belgium and he actually works with this really fascinating organization called Visioneers of the Visioneers or World Access. And the whole point of it is to actually teach other blind people the same kind of navigational skills, largely stemming from echolocation, 
to teach them what he already knows how to do. So that's kind of cool. I think that's like one of the most heartwarming examples because, you know, he's sort of paying it forward. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And there, there are several, several other examples. I just thought that those two happened to be the most uh, interesting. But there are others. There, there are blind people who uh, take part in rock climbing and just a number of other activities that we don't normally associate with that particular disability because of making use of echolocation. It's so effective, in fact, that a lot of people think that it's the obvious example would be Tejo that it's actually a great means of teaching people when they lose their sight at a very young age how to uh, sort of overcome the problems associated with it. And that just blows my mind that such a thing even exists. And there's actually a a fella who he's it's it really blows my mind. This fella is not blind. And and that's sort of why I'm struggling to explain it. he actually uses a neural implant that aids with this sort of process. Hmm. Uh, he's basically a cyborg at this point, and people actually call him Captain Cyborg for this reason. He has a number of implants, and one of them actually allows him to gauge the distance and size of an object based on sound rather than just purely based on vision. Hmm. Yeah, pretty flipping cool. Wow. So. The bottom line, really the thing to take home here about the plausibility of whether the daredevil could exist, take somebody with the conditions I just mentioned and give them like MMA training. <laughs> it's really not that uh, outlandish. In fact, I would say, and this is this is me being presumptuous, but I would say that daredevil is one of those superheroes that seems like the one of the least plausible, barring like paranormal stuff. But really, when you strip down the layers, it's actually very plausible. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, w- I would say 100% it's conceivable for somebody to become kind of sort of in a roundabout way like Daredevil. One question. Sure. I know that a lot of the people that you mentioned lost their sight at an earlier age. Do right. you think it would be possible for someone who's older to also pick up the echolocation abilities? Uh, to pick it up, yes. But to be as adept and just, you know, natural without, say, an implant as uh, somebody who did lose it from a young age, no. Uh, and we see this with most things. Like, yeah. you know, I'll never be an Olympic gymnast. Not because, you know, I don't have any genetic capacity for it, even though that's also probably true, but because, you know, <laughs> I didn't put in the work that would be absolutely required to attain that. And I don't know why I picked gymnast, by the way. I have no dreams of being but the bottom line is there are certain skills that absolutely have to be worked on from a very early age. And this is a hundred percent one of them from what I can tell. Okay. Well, James, thank you for telling us about daredevil. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, oh, it's my turn. Daredevil. I'm stepping up to the plate next. You guys. Oh. Yeah. And my sources today include screenrant.com, <laughs> livescience.com, amongst others that I'm going to mention and pepper throughout my spiel. (laughs) So I am going to be talking about the superhero that I used to be obsessed with when I was younger. And that is a Wolverine. (laughs) Such an interesting one. I used to have such a big crush on Hugh Jackman. Was it because of the, uh, yeah, the X-Men movie? Yeah. He's, oh my goodness. He's (laughs) dreamy. What's not to lie? Yeah, I might still have a crush on Hugh Jackman. It's no biggie. 
Mm-hmm. Me too. But I feel like most people will know who Wolverine is just because he's been in so many movies. But in case, mm. dear listener, you don't know who he is, he is an X-Man with miraculous powers, including but not limited to. One, he's got claws that pop out from between his fingers and metal bones. Yeah, he would <laughs> He would definitely set off the metal detector at the airport. Yeah, he won't be flying anywhere. No. Number two, he has the ability to heal himself from the most grisly of injuries. Mm-hmm. So that means, also means, if he can heal himself like over and over and over again, he's been alive for a long, long time. And I'm not sure if this stands true for the comic books, but in the movies, he was supposedly 167 when he joined the X-Men. Mm, yeah. So he's been around for a while. He aged like fine wine, you guys. <laughs> he sure did, didn't he? And, and number three, he can smell stuff from really far away and just <laughs> really, really well. He can track people with a super nose. Yeah. It was fun times. And then four, lastly, superhuman strength, but like, don't all superheroes have this? You know I mean? yeah, yeah, they kind of Yeah. Do. I'm not going to dwell on that this episode. I'm going to concentrate on the other three powers, and I'm going to talk about whether or not a person in real life could possess any of them, which, by the way, uh, in a, a Patreon episode that we recorded recently, we got really deep and philosophical with regards to, like, the soul and universes. And then when I was doing my research on Wolverine, I just stopped and I thought, what if he really is real in another universe? Ooh. You know what I mean? <laughs> he. Who's to say that all the other universes have the same laws of science that match our own? You know what I mean? Yeah. He could be real. It could be real. Okay. Enough with my dream. (laughs) First off, let's talk about the power that interests me the most, and that is his super special healing abilities. And his body has the ability to regenerate following awful injuries. Um, The injuries still hurt, which I think is important to know. Like, he still, like, he feels pain, but he just heals really quickly from them, which is how he ended up making it to 167 plus years old. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is it possible for a real person to have this ability, Alex? Mm, maybe with some aided technology or aided something. Technology. At this time, it's not possible, but there are several different types of animals on earth that can regrow their bodies. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's not completely insane to think about being able to do this, but like worms and lizards and spiders, James. Yeah. They have the ability to grow back limbs or, you know, body parts and just kind of heal. And it's also, I thought that this was very interesting. It's also, uh, you know, when we get a cut, our bodies heal. It just takes a long time. Yeah. And scientists aren't even really sure what causes our body to be able to, like, do that. Oh, really? Yeah. James, that's right, right? Uh, Say that again. Scientists aren't even sure what prompts the body to heal, like what makes the body know, oh, I've got to heal this, and that fixes whatever issue you have. Like they know what does it, but they don't know what causes it? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> like the actual, uh, the, the way that Mechanism. the body communicates that an injury has been detected. Exactly. I see. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And I also didn't know this, but I read somewhere that if like the little tip of a baby's finger or like toe gets cut off, it has the ability to regrow it. But then as you get older, that ability disappears, hmm. which oh. I didn't realize. I had no idea. Yeah, really, but, a lot of animals have a much greater regenerative abilities than us, largely because we are so complicated, like the brain and spine are so complicated that it's it's kind of like dipping a computer in water. Like uh, the, the risk of messing something up more 
is actually so much higher that it's better to just not function the way it was intended. And that's why, like, you know, most animals, uh, at least beneath mammals evolutionarily, they can regenerate, say, spinal injuries, whereas the more complicated an animal gets, and human beings are definitely at that echelon, you know, once you start getting into spinal injuries, like the body doesn't even attempt to fix it because it's, it's, it's simply too complex. Hmm. Well, a group of scientists at Harvard, they studied three-banded panther worms, and they were able to identify the specific genes responsible for the worms regrowing parts of their bodies, mm. their little wiggly bodies. But as James said, the human body is so complex that it doesn't even really try. But a worm, for example, is very like, it's, it's more simple. It's still mm-hmm. complex, mm-hmm. but it's simple, you know what I mean? And what they found was that that little gene that was responsible when they took it away, the worm stopped regrowing. Mm-hmm. And they found that it was found in a part of the genome that is normally considered junk DNA. Mm, interesting. Really, yeah, it's really just kind of DNA that we don't understand yet. But that being said, one of the Harvard researchers did say that just because we've identified the gene responsible for regeneration in panther worms, that does not mean we can immediately apply it to humans. Because obviously, as James said a moment ago, we're wired very differently. So, Mm. uh, you know, going and trying to find that in the human would be very, could have very different consequences than taking it out of a worm. Mm. But the fact that there is research on this and that we're still making discoveries within this realm is, you know, it might be possible in the future for us to grow back limbs or to heal from things a little Mm, faster. That'd be cool. It would be cool. But let's talk about metal bones now. (laughs) Adamantium, if you will. Yeah. Which I always, for years, called antimantium. That's not what it's called. (laughs) It's called adamantium. And Alex schooled me on it when we first met. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Don't want you embarrassing me in public. (laughs) Adamantium is the specific type of non-existent metal. It doesn't exist. It was made up by Stanley that Wolverine's bones and claws are comprised of um, or really just coated in. Yeah. They're not really comprised of it. That's right. But this part of old Wolver, it it didn't come to him biologically, you guys. It actually came to him by a top secret government operation. (laughs) Where they took the antimantium. Yeah, good try. Good try. He messed it up. But keep going. And grafted it to his bones to make him invincible. And Logan was selected for this particular experience because of his self-healing abilities. You know, Mm -hmm. the ones I just talked about. You can't just graft metal to the entire skeleton of a man and expect them to recover. You gotta be able to heal quick. You gotta heal quick. But Wolverine, he could recover from lots of things. So that's why they picked him. And scientists do, uh, like, there are some scientists that will replace or fix bones with pieces of metal. I think mm-hmm. it's titanium, mostly because the body doesn't reject titanium. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's it's possible to have a bone, but, like, the entire skeleton, uh-uh. No way. I want chrome bones. Chrome, <laughs> chrome bones? That sounds like an insult. Hey, chrome bones. It does. Well, let's talk about dim claws, okay? Because, you know, he's got those little claws that pop out of his hands and make that little sound they go snick yeah snick snick um yeah at this Mm. point at this point in time i know that you could totally make some type of hand gadget that would be like claws that would like fit over your hand it's not the same thing though you know what i mean his come out of his hand but you know if you made one of those gadgets it'd probably be incredibly dangerous (laughs) yeah 
yeah, yeah cut yourself all, multiple times. If I had one of those things, I would have cuts all over my body. But anyways, <laughs> is it possible to actually implant one inside your hand, Alex? I'm going to guess yes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. One day. I, I, well, I don't know. I didn't realize this before also, but Wolverines are... Every time they pop out of his hands, he cuts himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just able to reheal. I don't know why I didn't realize that. It's in like, the movie. He says it hurts every time. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I've watched. She was too busy looking and not busy enough listening. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. But anyways, cool. But I, I didn't find many promising options for whether or not you could have like claws no. inside your body that just pop out. But I did find a very interesting chat thread on Quora where an engineer chimed in and his name is Clint Benson. And he actually did say that something like this might be possible that would come with some exceptions. Obviously, it's not going to be the same. (laughs) He said, logistically, it would make more sense if the claws were located on the person's palm and they flipped out instead of Mm. through the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I also saw he didn't. Clint Benson didn't say this, I don't think. But I saw somewhere that somebody said... That you could like graft skin over the mechanism, which I still don't understand because you'd still be cutting it every time you, mm. you're, you know, cutting But your maybe flesh. you wouldn't have nerves. Maybe you wouldn't heal. St- I don't know. I don't know, but they said it's possible. They said it might be possible. I'm not going to say it's possible. Listen, if you want to go out and talk to some scientists and see if it's possible to do it for yourself, you know, go ahead and do it. But I wouldn't do it. Mm, yeah. And then last, let's just wrap things up with smell. And by the way, James, I know that you talked about super senses and James and I kind of like got into a quarrel about this because I was like, I want to take super smell. And then James was like, no, I want to take super smell. <laughs> he said it, you guys. Oh, but James, according to another guy on Quora named James Henry, he's a mm. self-proclaimed comic book fan. Okay. He said that Wolverine's sense of smell is superior to daredevils so yeah i I totally agree with that well he Mm. pointed out a little comic book a little uh panel in a comic book that demonstrates that wolverine is better than daredevil when it comes to smell because there's a a comic book where reed richards has an evil doppelganger Mm. and wolverine can just smell him and be like oh he's not real and then daredevil's in the corner like whoa what's going on so (laughs) Take that, James. There you go, James. But anyways, couldn't really find anything that was like, oh, humans can have superhuman smelling powers. But there are ways that you can enhance your everyday sense of smell. Oh, boy. Do you guys want to know how to do it? Are they essential oils? No, but you probably could use some essential oils in these practices. But according to firstpost.com, this is what you need to do to improve your sense of smell. A lot of sommeliers will do this and perfumers. And all those people that have to smell things all the time. But number one, smell different things. You got to practice smelling all the things. Work out them nose muscles. Yeah, work them out. You're all factory bulbs. But Mm. if you've never smelled a certain thing before, then how are you going to know how it smells? You know what I mean? So smell different things. Wow. Two, sniff longer. (laughs) (laughs) The longer you smell something, the better you will know how it smells oh wow so this is words of wisdom yep keep smelling three build your scent iq and this is basically like you have to build like a database of smells in your brain so you need to smell different things this kind of goes back to number one i don't know why but um build your scent iq this is what they said for building your scent iq they said quote 
Try this. Begin by simply choosing four smells that you are fond of, such as fresh coffee, bananas, soap, or shampoo and cheese. (laughs) Then each day, take two minutes to go through and smell each one individually to stimulate the receptors inside your nose. Try to repeat this at least four times a day for a week and then switch to other smells. And you need to smell things for, I think it was like 30 seconds each. I might need to do this. Yeah, Alex. Because Alex has an issue with his nose. Okay, four. Louise. (laughs) Our listeners may have been able to hear Louise burp just then. Our dog just burped in the microphone. Especially if you had daredevil hearing. (laughs) Four, supplement your power to smell. Take supplements like B12. So eat foods that have B12 in them. Because I didn't realize this, but B12 deficiency can actually lead to loss of smells. So Mm. important. Also, if you catch the COVIDs, you know, you might lose your sense of smell. This is what you got to supplement, okay? Number five, lastly, this is the last one. Quit smoking. Smoking will destroy your sense of smell. So if you smoke and you want a better sense of smell, you got you to get that nicotine patch, man. I've never smoked and I have no sense of smell. Well, mm. you, have, you have some other factors <laughs> that are affecting your olfactory bulbs. <clears throat> Asthma is a pain in the butt, ain't it, baby? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, That's not what's causing the smell, but yeah. James, do you ever have problems with your sniffer? I was about to say, like, I have an amazing sense of smell. I was going to say, yeah, asthma has nothing to do with my sense of yeah. smell. What's I have a flipping dog nose. Um, in fact, um, you know, really, the, the you know, you mentioned olfactory bulbs. The patch of, of olfactory bulbs in a person is about, the you know, give or take the size of a postage stamp. Really, if it was just bigger humans would would be much more likely to be able to smell things like, you know, say a dog, which has a thousand times the sense of smell that we have. So a mutation like that occurring, it's not like crazy. It's not like crazy outlandish. It's like slightly weirder than, say, albinism or an extra finger or toe. But it's not mm. it's not outlandish. There are super sniffers out there that can smell stuff. I think that I've got a pretty good sense of smell. I know James does. So Yeah. Your sense of taste at the very least is up there. Yeah, I've got a very good sense of taste. But <laughs> James, you just mentioned mutations. The thing about X-Men is that they all got their powers because of some type of mutation. I'm not saying that something like this could naturally occur, but Or normally occur. Naturally, whatever. But the thing is, like, I doubt that there's going to be a gene mutation that can lead somebody to become Wolverine. But you never know. Yeah. Maybe in another <laughs> universe. Yeah. Especially the, the metal bones. They get pretty heavy. <laughs> well, that's I, another person on that Quora thread with Clint Benson mentioned, like, they kind of came in with a, with a one-two punch. Like, hey, listen, you say it's possible, but this is what would really happen. And they said that if you were to get metal infused to your bones... You would be too heavy. It would cause other pain and problems that weren't there before. That's why he's super strong as well, I guess. Mm. He's like, and he's got his healing factor. Who knows? So, you guys, that is Wolverine. Alex, who are you talking about today? Yeah. So, I was trying to think of like, you know, a not so predictable superhero to cover, but then I thought, well, everyone probably wants me to do this character. So, I picked Spider Man. Spider Man. (laughs) Who, as most of the world knows, has several, or at least. Yeah, several abilities. Yeah. Uh, first, we've got Spider-Man's trademark wall crawling. First off, is it humanly possible to even do this? 
According to proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, they say that with the way humans are built and the way our mass is distributed, that 80% of the front of our bodies will need to be covered in the sticky in the sticky substance in order to scale a building. That's gross. All total, he said, 40% mm-hmm. of our entire bodies will need to be covered with these little stickers. Little sticky, stickly things. Is it like, okay, are the stickers mm-hmm. like, are they just sticky, like wet sticky? Or is it kind of like a prickly pear? Like, I remember we went to a little Mexican. Uh, and, and <laughs> I knew this was coming when yeah, you said prickly pear. Yeah, market with James. And James was like, oh, look, they have prickly pears. I'd never heard of a prickly pear before. They're like prickly pears. Oh. That's what they're at. Because oh, yeah. if you actually, if you watch the movie, they do it pretty well. It looks like he's got little tiny hooks, pretty yeah. much. Mm-mm, no. So yeah, according to this journal, your hands would have to be forty-three inches wide, <laughs> and you would have to be wearing a size one hundred and twelve shoe to scale a building, like he, like he does. Now, Gosh. apparently, the largest animals that can scale walls, like a spider. Any idea what this would be? Uh, yeah, lizard. Some type of lizard. James had it. Gecko. Now, apparently, if we incorporated some PIM particles to shrink us down, we could maybe do it, do it like a normal uh, insect. But we'd have to be teeny weeny. We'd be teeny weeny. Now, sounds like bad news, right? This is, this is devastating. Spider-Man can't exist. Oh, wrong. <laughs> shortly, after, <laughs> shortly after this story happened, we got another one saying, uh, maybe never mind. And this is actually from... Some engineers over at Stanford, they created these gloves. They're pretty big, but they're not 43 inches wide big. They're pretty big. They could, they'd fit on each hand pretty easily. And they are they adhere to surfaces really, really nicely. So, mm-hmm. so much so that you don't really have to worry about falling off. The only problem is, is that they're pretty slow because... Well, they don't have spider strength, and it takes a lot of effort to get up <laughs> to get up there with those gloves to carry all my weight up a wall. Yeah, yeah. Now we know the Spider-Man has super strength, which gives him a real chance to scale those walls with those gloves. And also, he's really smart, so maybe he could do a few augmentations to his gloves to maybe enhance his stickiness if he needs mm. to. Sticky. Yeah. So I would think like yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not sure about the study about some of the finer details, like. What level of adhesion would it matter? Like, if Superman, if Spider-Man uh, is really well, sticky, really sticky, would it matter that he, 80% of his body isn't covered? Well, you know, what's fascinating about the gecko component is it's not a question of adhering, because it's actually about intermolecular attraction, dispersion Whoa. forces. And <laughs> the dude who actually found that out, they only found it out like 20 years ago, was Keller Autumn and... You know, he started in like really researching this and finding this out. And like, it's such a promising and remarkable thing that, I mean, that millions have been donated and invested in this guy because it's like, dude, dude, come on, turn us into Spider-Man, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I do wonder how much that does matter, though, because if you get to think about it, Spider-Man has these little hooks. That grab on. So he's got like this extra mm. level of like hooking into. I don't know what a gecko. I, I would imagine a gecko is almost like suction like. Imagine millions of teeny tiny little spatulae that use intermolecular forces. Very weak forces, but there's millions of these little spatulas um, huh. to adhere to. Uh, I, I use the word adhere to yeah. um, Grip. be attached to. Something. So there are different types of adhesion because the one that the Stanford guys 
did was I think like what you're talking about. They're like mm. these flat panels on the glove that stick to it. They're not even like that suction really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not vacuum forces. It's it's literally the attraction. Mm. The surface area is so great that you literally have attraction between molecules. It's on a molecular level. It's yeah. crazy. But I think if you take into effect how he hooks onto walls, we might still have a chance. All right. Mm. Okay. Now, with him not having to wear these big bulky things. Now, I mentioned super strength, which is, you know, totally necessary for a variety of things that he does. You know, climb the walls, fight bad guys, and even, yes, swinging webs. Webs. Yep. Now, a normal person cannot swing from a web like Spider-Man can, even if they were able to. Uh, and even if they're able to, and they were even able to keep their grip like Spidey, do you have any idea what would happen? No. Both of their arms would pop out of their sockets. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Even if they're able to keep their grip, because the amount of, the just the sheer amount of force during that pendulum mm. swing is just... Too much for any normal person. Like, Batman could never swing through the city. <laughs> he couldn't gotcha. do it. Um, now, what about spider sense? Hmm? I hmm? feel like hmm? people have good hmm? intuition. Like, you can have intuition, yeah. but it's not going to be to the same level as Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm thinking something similar. So, this one might be, for some people, might be even more far-fetched than some of the other abilities. Well... I don't think it should, like you kind of mentioned, because according to t- the Tech Times, your spider sense is actually a real thing. And in this study, they took that to mean literal spider sense, like you're sensing uh, an actual spider. Uh, so, <laughs> that's what I did today. And yeah. James <laughs> used his spider sense. Yeah. And it turns out that this is something that most people actually have. So this is a documented study that was published in an a, a issue of evolution and human behavior. And essentially this test was leading people to believe that they were testing for one thing and they were actually testing for another. So the test that they were testing them for is they were going to look at 200 green lines on a computer screen and determine which one was longest by looking at it in between the tests at 200th of a millisecond, like the the speed that you blink, they would flash an image on the screen. Some people wouldn't see it. Some people wouldn't catch it. They did three images, the spider, a hypodermic needle and a fly. Any idea which one people <laughs> notice the most? I'm going to guess there's a spider. <laughs> That's right. Over 50% of the people saw the image of the spider. 15% saw the hypodermic needle. 10% saw the house fly. Interesting. Yeah. And this is why a lot of people will, even if they're walking them down the street or something, they'll notice a, they'll notice a spider. If it's like walking across the sidewalk or That's something true. like that. Mm. But if you're walking and there's a hypodermic needle, chances are you won't even you won't even notice it, and that's because they believe is just like you know this is back to our lizard brain. We notice these things that used to kill us. Uh, you know, we used to have all these potentially dangerous spiders that would sometimes bite us, kill us, and now we're we're we, alert. We're now we're well, yeah. I mean, now we don't even need that really anymore, and mm. we still do it. And they did test this to see if people with fear of spiders are the ones that are subject to noticing the spiders. It seems like it doesn't matter. Hmm. The fear of spiders does not correlate in any way with noticing the spiders. Man, that's, that's interesting. So 
We also have these other experiences kind of similar to this. It's called the psychic staring effect, where we feel like someone's watching us oh, and we turn gosh, around and all the time. sometimes we're right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that, that's always, that blows my mind. So I think there is something to spider sense, this other almost sixth sense mm. that we just do not understand. Where we do have this sense of things around us. Because we, mm. I mean, I think everyone has had that experience where you feel like someone's watching you and you turn around and someone is. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if just an enhanced version of that. Now, they are, yeah. there is someone out there developing a sort of, when this is what he's called it, spider sense suit <laughs> that uses ultrasonic microphones to read changes in the environment. Almost what I picture like Daredevil doing with the echolocation almost. Hmm. And so he can, it, the suit can tell what's nearby if a punch is coming. So it adaptively makes you feel where the potential danger is coming from. But hmm. it's more it's, like fly sense, really. Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but it's kind of like at a speed that only Peter Parker could react to. So, like, yeah, you know it's coming, but it, you're not going to be able to move fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, though, during the tests with this, they blindfolded the subjects, gave them cardboard throwing stars, <laughs> and told them to throw when and where they sensed someone coming towards them. They hit 95% of the time. What? Hey. Yeah. Man, I want to try this suit out. <laughs> Pretty cool. So, real Spider-Man? Uh, probably not. I mean, you may, maybe they'll do some genetic manipulation to make people strong mm. enough to do the web swing. Because the reason I didn't cover webs is because I know some people have only seen the Spider-Man original movies with Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man does uh, not right. shoot webs out of his arms. No, yeah, that's just uh, that's just those movies. That's just Sam Raimi on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's just say Raimi not wanting to make Peter Parker a super ultra genius that makes uh, web shooters in the high school. I get it. But uh, he doesn't, those are actually more of a technological thing. So I didn't cover those. Yeah. High five, babe. Yeah. Spider Man is Alex's favorite superhero. So yes. he's got a, a signed Stan Lee superhero comic book. I do. Yeah. Spider Man comic book, yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Well,. <laughs> Guys, that's superheroes. Is there, James, is there anything you want to add before we draw from the vase? James doesn't want to add anything. Oh, there, I guess I'll add a little thing. It's, you know, thinking about spiders and senses, it's kind of interesting to consider one of the, one of the most unique things about spiders and their senses. You know, I've, I've mentioned in a previous episode that the brain and the mind aren't the same. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a spider in a web, really the web is an extension of their mind and even their body because the main sense that a spider uses to perceive the world is touch. And what the web does is it simply allows it to feel things like the presence of prey or the, the approaching of a predator, even when it's not within range of their actual and vulnerable body. So, you could argue that the web of a spider is just that, and it's an extension of their body, and it is, in fact, part of their mind. That is deep, James. Interesting. Mm. Oh, there is something else I wanted to add as well. Not as deep as James's. Mm. All right. This is uh, someone on Answers.com asked, can Spider-Man be real? 
And <laughs> this is the top answer out of one answer. So <laughs> the answer is it was no, no spider <laughs> in this world will give someone the ability to crawl on walls, jump real high, have strengths much greater than normal, and develop a spider sense. People would they either get know. real sick or die if they got bitten by a spider. <laughs> Man, what a literal reaction. And yeah. I like that if someone gets by a spider gets bit by a spider, they either get sick or die. Not, it's not accurate. <laughs> not accurate at all. So their their answer is wrong while also yeah. just being completely condescending at all. Mm, very true. Well, James, you're the reason I, I no longer take out spiders when I see them. Instead, I catch them and release them. Oh, good. Yeah. I eat them because one day if I eat enough, I'll become one. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> James, what would you – have you ever seen the movie The Mist? I haven't. I've been meaning to, though. Oh, man. They've got this really creepy like oh, spider-type yeah. creature, and I was just thinking, what would James do if one of those ended up in his house? Would he, would he <laughs> put it in a container and save it as his pet or – you know, hmm. hard to say. No, James, hmm. you would you would be a goner if that thing got in your house. <laughs> James, don't watch the mist; it'll it'll really mess you <laughs> up. Okay, it's time. It's time to drop him a vase. Yeah, I got it ready, and then we let's got draw, it. let's swish, let's swish, and make a wish. All right, you're what ready. A good one. Yeah, I grab okay. one, grab you one. Oh, okay. This episode was submitted to us by Paula. Paula did not leave her location, but she wants us to talk about. Lost treasures. How fun. Yeah, that's mm. different. So, lost Buried treasures. Buried treasure. Buried. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to be pirate treasure. It could be any type of yeah, treasure. Yeah, but it, let's be real. Mine's going to be pirate treasure. Alex mm. is going to he's going to look up pirate treasure. I'm going to try and find something different. I'm excited. Yeah, this will be cool. So, yeah, good deal. We're talking about lost treasures next week. You guys, I think that's it. I think that's our episode for the day. So remember, you guys, we've got a Patreon now if you want to go and take a look at it and see if you're interested in all of the extras that we are producing these days. James, I know that James is going to have a video, a live video event coming up soon for our patrons. So stay tuned for that. Um, If you want to submit a topic to us and you want it to go into our vase, our magical vase, you can do so uh, on our website, 13thfloorpodcast.com. Or send it to me on Instagram at 13th Floor Podcast. Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cooking. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, you guys, we hope that you can keep, keep it straight. straight.